Ketubot Tav Peh Zayin, the last thing we're discussing in the Mishnah, at the bottom of Peh Vav Amud Bet, if a person wrote to his wife that she doesn't have to vow or swear about anything, then he cannot make her swear. And the Gemara asked, what swear are we talking about? So Rav Yehuda Amarav explained that we're talking about a swear if she was a trustee during her husband's life over any of the assets, meaning she was working with his money, she was dealing with the money, he cannot make her swear. But if she took money out of the Ketubah, he could make her swear on that. Rabbi Nahman Amar Baba Abuha explained, no, we're talking about a situation where she took some of her Ketubah money and now she wants to take the rest. She doesn't have to swear. And all the more so... If she was dealing with the business, she doesn't have to swear. And with that, we are starting. Pezayin Amodal, second line in, last word on that second line, Azal. So Azal Rav Mordechai, Amar Lishmata Kameh De Rav Asher. So Rav Mordechai said this uh, question in front of Rav Asher. I understand according to Rav Nahman, Amar Baba Rav explained that we're talking about Hapogemit Ketubata, that the Patur of from the swear we're talking about a woman who already took some of her ktuba money. I could I could say So he when she took the money, she's still nervous, she needs the money, but she still understands that one day I'm gonna need more money, or one day I'm gonna need the rest of ktuba and I don't want to swear. So she's writing she's making him write down that she won't have to swear. Then she's telling him, I want you to write it down that you're not going to make me swear. So that I understand how that works out. But according to Rav Yehuda Amarav, who said we're talking about a, 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 a lady who's a trustee over her husband's assets while he's alive, well, how is she supposed to know that she's going to be a trustee over the assets? That she's already asking him, don't make me swear on this. Meaning, how is she supposed to even think about this? How is she supposed to know that she's going to be a trustee over here? So Rav explained to Rav Mordechai, You learn Rav Yudah's words, on this Mishnah. So now, according to you, you're right, Rav Nahman and Rav Yehuda argue on each other. Anan, but us, aha, matinana, we learn it on something totally else. We learn it on the last part of the Mishnah, where it says, halcha mikever ba'la lebet avia. If right after the funeral, she left the, the funeral, she went back to her parents' house, or she hazar lebet hamia veluna asetapotvia, or she went back to her father-in-law's house, and she was never a trustee over the assets, meaning she never dealt with anything, then heritors cannot make her swear. Imna asetapotropia, and if, the, if she was a trustee at some point or another, the, the inheritors could only make her swear on any, any dealings she did after death, but not be before the death. What's considered past, what's considered future, what's going on here? So there, we're talking about a situation where she became a trustee while her husband was still alive, that she's patur from swearing, because he made her patur from swearing, so she doesn't have to swear to them either. But if she became a trustee over the assets between the, the death and the burial, they can make her swear. They could make her swear that she didn't take for this, she didn't take for that. Even if she needed stuff for, uh, or she needed money for the for the burial, they can make her swear. 
דרב מתנה אמר היא ארגזן סז אפילו בין מיטה לקבורה לא משבעין עלה even if she was in charge of the assets or she did some sort of business dealings or she took out the money from the accounts even between uh, death and uh, and the burial we don't make her swear because they are in the ayah they explain in the ayah lecharga to pay taxes for yetomim if we need food for the yetomim the wife the the the, the girls or the man needs to be buried we could even sell assets we could sell property without even making an announcement without and you yeah you're right you might not get as much as you could have gotten but uh, still we need to bury this person so it could be obvious what happened could, uh, that she needed money to bury her husband and uh, she just sold or she just took out money so you can't make her swear on something like that and Tosafot uh, brings up a question that you can make her at least swear that she didn't take anything in her own pocket. And uh, Tosafot says that part of Takanat Hachamim was we don't make her swear, period, because we don't want a situation where she's just going to drop the dead body, not take care of it, and just go back to her parents' house. Meaning we don't want to scare her that saying, oh, you're going to need to swear and therefore she's going to run away. Just, you know, what, do whatever you have to do and we, we'll take care of you. And Amar Abba, Amar if a person wrote to his wife, no vow, no swear, who and cannot make her swear, but the Yorshim can make her swear. If you wrote, you're clean of vows and shiva, him or his inheritors cannot make her swear. Why? Because this is what he's really saying. You are clean from swearing, period. When a person writes the law and he cannot make her swear. But his Yorshim can make her swear. But if you wrote Naki Neder Naki Shebua, you're clean from swearing or vows, Ben Hu Ben Yorshin Mashbinota. They both can make her swear. Why? Because Hachikamala, what's he really saying? Naki Navshah Bishwata. Clean clean yourself, cleanse yourself through a swear. Meaning if anyone suspects, you just swear. Shallah Rabbi Zakai the more ukva. Rabbi Zakai sent a Morukva. Ben de lo shivua, ben de naki shivua. Whether he wrote no shivua, whether naki shivua, ben de lo neder, ben de naki neder, whether no vow, whether it's you're clean from vows. Ben chasai, if he wrote from the word nechasai from my assets, who eno yechol shivua, v'yoshim shivainota, he cannot make her swear, but his inheritors could. Minichsaya ilen, if he wrote from these assets. Ben who Ben Yoshav and Moshvainota, whether him or the inheritors, no one's allowed to make her swear anymore. And Amar of Nachman, Amar Shmuel, Mishum Abba Shaul Ben Ima Miriam. Rav Nachman said in the name of Shmuel, who said in the name of Abba Shaul, the son of Ima Miriam. Ben de lo shivua, ben de naki shivua. Whatever the case is, ben de lo neder, ben de naki neder. Whether it's clean or no, ben mechasai, ben mechasai len. Whether it's from my assets, from these assets, ben who, ben yoshav, en moshbarinota. No one can make her swear. Aval my I say, what should I do? Shalei amru hachamim, abali param nechsei tomim loy parai lo shivua. What can I do? Hachamim already were posek that anyone who comes to take payment from yatomim's money has to swear. And fascinating mahlukit here between the Rifa and the Rosh, that if he specified that you don't have to swear to the Yoshim, do you have to swear or not? The question is how to understand this Kamara. According to the Rif, if he specified it, then she doesn't have to swear to the Yatomim. According to the Rosh, she still has to swear to the Yatomim. Now, some explain it as follows, that this is what the Brayta said. Abba Shaul ben Imam Miriam Amar, 
Ben de lo shivuah, ben de naki shivuah. Whether you wrote in lo shivuah, you clean from shivuah, ben de lo neder, ben naki neder. Whether you wrote, uh, whether he wrote uh, no vow, or you clean from a vow, ben minchasai, ben minchasai, lein. Whether from my assets or from these assets, ben hu, ben yoshav, enosh beinota. Whether it's him or his inheritors, they cannot make a swear. Avalmar says, "Shalre amru hakamim abali param nechseir tomim loy parayel beshvua." But what can I do? Hakamim already posek that a person comes to take payment from Yatomim's money. They, the the only way he could take money is with a swear. And Amalav Nachman Amashmuel halacha keben imam Miriam. The halacha is like keben imam Miriam that when you're coming to take from Yatomim money, you have to swear. Next Mishnah, Hapokemet Ketubat. If a woman already took some of her Ketubah money, Loti Para El Bishvah, she can't take the rest unless she swore. Ayde Had Meida Shehi Peruah Loti Para El Bishvah. If there's even one witness who said she she already took her Ketubah money, then the only way she could take the rest is with a swear. If she's coming to take the money from the yatomim, or from assets that are already, let's say they were sold to someone else, and she's coming to take it out, or she's trying to take out that money when he's not there, she can't take any of that money unless she swears. And the reason is very simply because if the husband was here, or if he was alive, he could always claim, maybe I already paid you, and uh, therefore I want you to swear. And so therefore we make that claim for the Yoshim. We make the claim for people who bought land. What does that mean? A lady who already took payment from her Ketubah. Let's say her Ketubah said a thousand Zuz. And he is telling her, I paid you back everything. And she's saying, I only, paid, I only got paid a mane, which is a hundred Zuz. She can't get the rest unless she swears. And the Gemara will explain. So what's the case where one witness is saying she already got paid? And the one aid says you already got paid. And she's saying I didn't get anything. And you have one aid who says no, she, she already got paid. She can only get paid with a swear. She has to swear. Okay, what does that mean if she wants coming to take from land that has a lien on it? If a person sold all of his assets to someone else, and okay, she's supposed to take her payment from land, even if it was sold. But still, she could only extract payment with a swear. From the assets of Yatomim, how? If the husband passed away and he left his assets to the Yatomim, she's coming to take a payment from the Yatomim. She could only extract any payment if she swears. And Revishim on Omer calls Manchehitovat Ketubata Yoshin Mashbein Ota. As long as she's asking for Ketubah, the Yoshin could always make her swear. Viminatovat Ketubata. And if she's not asking for Ketubah, Ena Yoshin Mashbein Ota, the Yoshin cannot make her swear. And the Gemara starts Sabara Mebar Hamad Mimar. Remember he thought to say this Shavuah, when uh, if she takes a little bit of payment from her Ketubah, it's a Shavuah Deoraita. And the difference would be if it's a deoraita or the rabbanan, if it's a shiva deoraita, you can't flip that uh, swear back onto the other side, based uh, uh, to whoever's claiming it against you. You have to swear it. But when it's a shiva de rabbanan, you could always flip it back to the person who's making the claim. Let them swear. So 
thought that this shivua, this woman who took payment from her ketuba, and she wants to take more, the rest of it, he thought it was a shivua de oraita. Why? Because this is an exact case of modebimiksat, of a defendant only partially admitting. Meaning, uh, he's saying, I paid you everything. She's saying, I only took a little bit. So this is a classic case. And Havya Lehodab Miksatatana becomes partial admission to what they claim. We know the famous rule that whenever someone admits the partial claim, then we make them swear from the Torah. So here it is. So There's two problems with what you're saying. Number one. Anytime someone swears in the Torah, once they do right, they swear, they swear, but they don't pay. It's a swear to get out of payment. The he of here, uh, the, the case is nishbaat v'notelet. She's swearing and taking. So it's a total different type of swear. V'od, number two, over here, remember, her ketubah is connected to land. A, the, the husband's land is leaned onto the, uh, to the ketubah. She could take out from land. And and whenever someone is denying a claim about land, there is no swear. So you can't say it's a deoraita. It's really midrabanan. And the reason Hakami made the swear was the para dayek. Usually when someone pays, he is very careful before he pays someone. So you got to trust him. The person getting paid doesn't pay attention to all the small details. Therefore, and Hachamim put the swear, the swear on her so she could be 100% sure before she takes any money. So now, here's a question. Let's say she brought two witnesses to watch how she takes that money. What's the halacha? Do we say that Hachamim said over there also you need to swear or not? Meaning, she has a, she has idim. Meaning, if you really gave her everything, then he would have done it with Aidim. Bring me your Aidim. And therefore, she doesn't have to swear. Or maybe. The first time around, there was Aidim. Second time around, there was no Aidim. And therefore, she still has to swear. So, Tashema. All the Deoraita swearers, anyone who has a swear from the Torah, they swear and they don't have to pay. They're exempting themselves from paying. Here, hachamim in certain cases where they swear and they take. Number one is hasachir, an employee. He said, uh, I, I didn't get paid. The the owner or the, 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 the person who hired him says, I did pay you. Hachamim said that you do uh, that he swears and takes his payment. If someone was stolen from, meaning uh, two witnesses saw a guy walk out with a box in the middle of the night uh, from someone's house. They saw who the guy is. The man, the person who owns the house, he swears that uh, this person took this thing, this watch from my house, for example, and uh, therefore he could uh, now ex- he's, he could take the, that watch back or the worth of that watch from the, the thief. If someone was wounded, meaning he comes a uh, person comes out of someone's house wounded, Witnesses saw him come in looking normal, walking out looking not, uh, not normal, looks wounded. So the per- so that person who walks out wounded swears that this person heard him and he gets his payment. If the person who's really supposed to swear is suspected of lying under oath, then we throw that swear back to the other claimant. 
the other person, the defendant or the plaintiff, whoever might be, who the opposite person, and they make him swear. That's another one, the Rabbanan, and in that case, he would swear and take his payment. The famous case of the store clerk with his notebook. For example, I had workers working by me. I told them to go get their payment from the store, and I'll take care of the store later. They went and they got paid. The person said, I paid. They said they didn't get paid. They both swear to me, and I have to pay both of them. And the last one is, If a person took payment from his loan document, let's say it's for $100, he took $10 from it without idim. Over there, Hachamim said he swears and takes. And it sounds like, You only have to swear when there's no idim. But if there was idim, then you don't have to swear. Because this person is makpeed to have idim when, when giving back money. And since you have no idim, that's it. The Gemara says, no. Not necessarily. Could be, even if a person extracted payment with their idim, he still has to swear. And there, what's the reason the Tanah here in the Braita wrote Shalom Ha'idim? Lo mi not just, it's a, it's, a, it's a way of talking in the Gemara Braita language, not just, lo mi not just if a woman takes uh, money from her Ketuba with witnesses, devadai tzricha shivu'ad, and for sure she needs a shivu'ah, aval Shalom Ha'idim, if there's no Ha'idim, ema teheve kemeshiva vidavet ishkol bila shivu'ah, we could call her a meshiva vidavet, like someone re- returning a lost object. She could, meaning, she could technically be patro from swearing like someone who returns a lost object who doesn't have to swear that he stole the thing. Because she could say, hey, I was never paid back anything and I could take the entire thing. But when she says, I was paid some of it back, oh, you gotta believe her. She's, she's like retor- returning him that number that she's saying that I took. That's why, Kamash Ma'alan, that uh, even if she took some payment, she has to swear. So now, let's say this woman took less than shave pruta from her ktuba money. Mao, what would be the halacha going forward? Do we say, since she was so medakdek and she even took a half a pruta and wrote it down, then we got to believe her and she doesn't have to swear. Or maybe. Maybe she's uh, tricking around. She takes half a pruta, half a pruta, half a pruta, half a pruta, half a pruta. And she, she's trying to mess around with the calculations. And maybe we have to make her swear. Take or we don't know how to look at it. Here's another question. He's saying, I paid back her ktuba. She's saying, no, you didn't. But the ktuba is a different type of ktuba. It doesn't say 200. It says uh, 100. Is that the same thing as a woman who extracts a little bit of the payment from her ktuba? Or maybe that when a woman takes a little bit of the ktuba, she is partially admitting. And in this case, she's not partially admitting. She's saying, you owe me the whole thing, just uh, you got the numbers uh, wrong. So If a woman says she's owed less, but you never paid me at all, she could get her payment without swearing. Ketzad. Let's say the husband saying it's a thousand zuz. No, you already got your ketuba. No, I didn't get anything. And by the way, the ketuba is only maneh. She gets her payment without swearing. So the asks, How is she going to get her payment? Uh, meaning she needs a contract, and with this shtar, well, this shtar we're going to say is nothing. It's a shard. It's 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 nothing. It's a stamp, a piece of paper, because she herself is saying that this is no good. 
סואמר הבא ברד רבה, באומרת אמנה הייתה לי ביני לבינו. We're talking about a situation of amana, a trust. Meaning you're right, the contract says a thousand zoos, but between me and him, we said a hundred. And that's why this contract is still good. Next, we learn in the Mishnah, You have one when is saying that this uh, contract, this ketubah has already been paid back. She has to swear. originally thought that this is a shiv'ah de'oraita, that one witness cannot stand for any avera, and that one witness cannot stand to have someone get punished with a mita or malkut. But one witness could force a swear. We know the famous uh, saying that wherever two people are they they obligate payment. If there's one witness, he could at least make a swear, and that would be the oraita. There's two problems. Number one, in every case in the Torah, whenever someone swears, it's to exempt themselves from paying. In this case, she's swearing and extracting payment. Number two, we don't swear whenever there's a lien on land. This is a shivu'ah from the rabbis. This is to calm the, the, the husband down, because remember, she's taking his money. So in order for him to give it wholeheartedly, we make a swear on her. And we'll stop right here. Baruch Hashem le'olam. Amen ve'amen.